Welcome to the Faith Lift Radio Podcast, where doubt is destroyed and your faith is lifted. Here's today's message from Dr. Glenn. We're going to have a fantastic time in the Word today. I want to be talking to you about operating in the spirit of wisdom. Operating in the wisdom of God. If there was ever a time that God's people need to know how to operate in the wisdom of God, it is today. We live in the world full of unwise people. And uh, so we need to know how to operate and walk in the wisdom of the Lord. Can you say amen? All right, put your hand on your heart as we pray and we go into the word. Just put your hand on your heart. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these, your wonderful people that they've got ears to hear mind to understand and heart to receive the word of the living God. Spirit of God, I'm asking today that you will think through my mind and that you will speak through my lips. Give me supernatural recollection of the word that I may speak a word in season to your wonderful people in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. All right, we're going to look at two foundational texts, James chapter 1, verse 1 till verse 5, and then we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. So I want to be talking to you about operating in the wisdom of God. Why is wisdom important? What is it? And what's the source of it in our series that we are beginning today? So let's go to James chapter 1, please. Glory to God. And I'm going to read from verse 1. James, a servant of God... And of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Now what I want you to do is to circle the word scattered and write the word diaspora. D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A. Diaspora. And from the word diaspora you get the word dispersed. So why were they dispersed? They They were dispersed or they went through a great diaspora because of persecution against the church, against the people of God and against the Jews. Now, the next verse says, uh, the next word, rather, let's go back to verse 1. Greetings. It's not like we say, hello. No, that's not what the word greetings mean here. The Greek word here is the word cheerio. C-H, it's not the cheerio. Uh, (laughs) Some of you are now having visions of uh, cheerios. No. (laughs) It's not breakfast food. (laughs) You have to uh, specify everything in church, okay? So the word cheerio here means to cheer up or to rejoice. Why would he tell them to rejoice? Now, first thing I want you to understand is that he was not going to join them in their pity parties. And many times when we go through tough times and tough situations, we want to have a pity party. Anybody ever been there? All right, a pity party. But I want to tell you right now, uh, the only one coming to your pity party is Satan. All right, the only one coming to your pity party is Satan. If you want God to come to your party, you better have a praise party. Can you say amen? Why do we know that God will come to our praise party? Because the Bible tells us he inhabits the praises of his people. When you have a praise party, a rejoicing party, glory to God, God will be a guest of honor in your party. Can you say amen? So he says, cheer up, glory to God. Verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. And the word temptations here is not referring to temptation to sin, because it's not joyful to fall into that. It's the word testing and trials. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now everybody read verse 5 out loud, please. Ready, one, two, go. If any of you lack wisdom. Now stop right there. Read again, please. If any of you lack wisdom. Now, why would he tell people who are going through trouble if you lack wisdom? Because, ladies and gentlemen, you may be born again, you may be loving the Lord, all right, and your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, but that doesn't mean that you are operating in the wisdom of God. Now, they were going through a dire situation, and James was saying to them, if you're going to get out of this situation, you need the wisdom of God. Can you say amen? So he says, if any of you lack wisdom, that tells you you can be a believer and lack wisdom, 
All right? So look at your neighbor and tell him, I'm very concerned about your lack of wisdom. I am very concerned about your lack of wisdom. <laughs> All right? I'm very concerned about your lack of wisdom. And certainly you, I'm very concerned about your lack of wisdom. Now, that's, that's being polite. All right? We can say it this way. I'm very concerned about your stupidity. All right? <laughs> but we're not going to be saying that today. All right? But uh, we are concerned about your lack of wisdom. Are you hearing me, saints? Now, I want to tell you something today before I go any further today. I want you to write this down. When you have a financial problem or a marital problem, you don't have a marital problem. You have a wisdom problem. You don't have a financial problem. You have a wisdom problem. You don't have a business problem. You have a wisdom problem. You don't have a career problem. You have a wisdom problem. Um, a, a lot of God's people are not operating in the wisdom of God. So this is why we need to know how to operate in the spirit of wisdom. All problems can be resolved with the wisdom of God. Sit up with me, please. Lift up your hands and sit with me. All problems can be resolved, amen, with what? The wisdom of God. This is why the Bible tells you in Proverbs chapter 4, Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 7. We're going to look at verse 7 till verse... <clears throat> Well, let's read verse 7 first. Proverbs 4 and verse 7 till verse 8 and 9. It says, wisdom is the principal thing. Look at what it didn't say. It didn't say wisdom is the optional thing. Amen. What did it say? Wisdom is what? The principal thing. It is uh, you need it in your life. It is of utmost importance. So wisdom is the main thing. Therefore, get wisdom. So look at your neighbor. All right, and tell them now that I'm concerned about your lack of wisdom. Come on, tell them now that I'm concerned about your lack of wisdom, you need to get wisdom. All right, wisdom is the principal thing. You need to get wisdom. Praise God, and with all thy getting, get what? Get understanding. Next verse, please. Verse 8, and we're going to read verse 8 and verse 9. So, come on, lift up your hands and look on the screen and let's read together. He says, what? Exalt her. Now start right there. Who's her? Wisdom. Now, did you notice the word wisdom is put in the feminine gender? Right? It's not because women have got wisdom. <laughs> Before all you women start, like, yeah, we wise. <laughs> it's in there. It's in there. It's because Solomon, right, had a love for women. And just like he chased women, just like a man would chase his girlfriend or his fiance or his wife, he says, you've got to chase the wisdom of God like you would chase and go after, like a man would go after another, a, a woman. Praise God. Exalt. Let's go back to verse 7 again. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and with all that getting, get understanding. <clears throat> it says, exalt her, exalt wisdom, and she shall what? Promote thee. So, once you write this down, the exaltation of wisdom in your life will result in promotion. It didn't say pray for promotion. What many times the promotion that we receive through prayer, we'll lose it for lack of wisdom. Are you listening? So, exalt wisdom and she will bring promotion to your life. She will bring thee to honor when you doth embrace her. So, write this down. Exalting wisdom will result in promotion Embracing wisdom will result in honor. Embracing wisdom will result in honor. Next verse says, And she, wisdom, will give to your head an ornament of grace, and a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. So if the exalting of wisdom results in promotion, and the, and the embracing of wisdom results in honor, the enlisting of wisdom will be the crowning of your life. So the three E's, exalting, embracing, and enlisting, will result in promotion, honor, and the crowning of your life. Can you say amen? Wisdom is so important, ladies and gentlemen, that God tells you to buy it, to spend money on it. Proverbs 23 and verse 23, what does the Bible tell you? It says, buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. Buy the truth, buy wisdom. 
Are you listening? By the truth, which tells you that uh, wisdom, it is accessible, but it is not cheap. It is not cheap. You've got to learn to invest in yourself. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also wisdom. You've got to get wisdom. Can you say amen? Praise God. Now, <clears throat> very quickly, I want us to, uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10. Why is wisdom of utmost importance to us? Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10, and then we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7. All right, now, let's all read together, please. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10 says, If the iron be blunt, and he do not sharpen the edge, then must he put to more strength. But wisdom, now everybody talk to me now, come on, read it, read on the screen, but what? Wisdom is what? Profitable to what? Direct. So I want you to get, I'll write this down. Why is wisdom important? Because, ladies and gentlemen, wisdom gives you direction. Wisdom, the wisdom of God will give you direction. Wisdom is to your profit. Without wisdom, you will make a loss. But with the wisdom of God, you will make a profit. Without the wisdom of God, you'll be lost and stuck in a maze. But with the wisdom of God, you will have direction for your life. As a matter of fact, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, please. And so you'll notice that a lot of people uh, don't operate in the wisdom of God. And if you don't operate in the wisdom of God, you'll discover that one of the scriptures in the book of Ecclesiastes, and we will deal with that as time goes on, <clears throat> it says the fool tries to go into the city, but he doesn't know how to get there. His objective is to get into the city, but he ties himself because he doesn't know how to get there. So he's spending all his life on the outer loop, circling around, but doesn't know how to get into the city. All right, Ecclesiastes chapter 7. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes chapter 7. <clears throat> and I'm going to read verse 12. Well, I'm going to read from verse 11. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 11. All right, it says, Wisdom is good with an inheritance. How many of you have ever read or heard about people who got an inheritance, got some money, and didn't have any wisdom, and then squandered all their monies. Right? Because money doesn't make you wise. Money simply reveals the real you. And if you're stupid, money will amplify your stupidity. If you're wise, money will amplify, amplify your wisdom. So, wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it, by what wisdom there is profit to them that see the sun. Now, look at verse 12. Look at verse 12, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody read now, please. Where do you want to go? Jacksonville, Louisville, everybody read. For wisdom is a what? Defense. So, if you lack wisdom, you lack defense. So if you lack defense, now remember uh, when that was written in mind, what was in mind was the walls of Jerusalem, right, around the city. And Nehemiah wept over the broken walls of Jerusalem because they were an open target. When you have no wisdom, you have no defense. So wisdom is a defense and money is a defense, but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom giveth life to them that have it. Can you say amen? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs chapter 24. And I'm going to show you today, today I'm going to define to you what is wisdom. And then... Uh, in our next session, I'll show you how to obtain the wisdom of God. We all need the wisdom of God. Proverbs 24 and verse 3. If you got your Bibles, your Biblions, let's read together, please. Everybody read, please. Where do you want to go? Through wisdom is a house built. So if you want to build a house, how do you do it? By wisdom. So through wisdom is a house built. And by understanding, it is what? Established. Next verse, please. Hallelujah. 
And by knowledge shall all the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. So we see three ingredients here. We see three tools here. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Everybody say with me. Wisdom, understanding, and what? Knowledge. Say it one more time. Wisdom, understanding, and what? Knowledge. Now say like you had some lunch today. Say wisdom, understanding, and all right, say like you, you are enjoying July the 4th weekend. All right, all right, where do you want to go? Say wisdom, understanding, and then what? Knowledge. Psh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, so we see here that the Bible tells us wisdom builds a house, understanding will establish it, and through knowledge you will enrich and put stuff in the house. Okay, all right. Now, by the word house, I want you to write this down. It's the Hebrew word beith, B-E-Y-I-T-H, beith. And it's the, uh, it is the etymology of the Hebrew word beth, Bethlehem, Bethel, Bethage, Bethany. Well, what does beth mean? What does Bethlehem mean? The word Beth means house. So Bethlehem means what? House of bread. Beth means house. El means God. So Bethel is the house of God. You get that? All right. So the word Beth, you get the word Beth out of it. But I want you to write this down. The word Beth means house. But it doesn't just mean house, it means family. It doesn't just mean family, it means temple. All right? It doesn't just mean temple, it means castle, palace. Through wisdom is a house built. Well, Solomon built the palace, Solomon built the temple. So, it also means enterprise, and it also means business. So, with this combination of words, what do we get? Through wisdom is a house built. Through wisdom is a family built. So it will take the wisdom of God to... See, marriage doesn't... When you get married, that's just the beginning. Building a family, that is something else. All right. Through, so it takes the wisdom of God to build a family. It takes the wisdom of God to build a palace. It takes the wisdom of God to build a temple. It takes wisdom to build an enterprise and to build a business. How many of you know Christian people who started out in business because they heard the prosperity message only to fall flat on their face? Why? Because uh, hearing a message doesn't mean you qualify for it. It means you've got to uh, uh, invest in wisdom. Can you say amen? So if, if you're going to build, come on now, lift up your hands with me and say with me, if I'm going to build anything in my life, it requires the wisdom of God. Okay? So through wisdom is a house built. Now, I don't know if you've got the Living Bible, Miss Prue. The Living Bible. I love the Living Bible rendition of this verse. All right? <clears throat> I don't know if you've got that. But... Um, if you don't, don't worry about it. So, wisdom, through wisdom is a house built, and by understanding it is established, and through knowledge, glory to God, <clears throat> shall all the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Glory to God. Okay, so the book of Proverbs reveal to us that the three components that are important for us to build anything, to live successfully and win in life, on knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, or wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Okay? All right, so let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs in chapter 3. Now remember, we've just read Proverbs 24. Through wisdom is a house built, by understanding it is established. And then through knowledge shall all the chambers be filled with riches, right? So you've got the three components here. Now let's read 
Everybody read now, verse 19. Ready, one, two, go. Who? Now, come on. Now, what's the matter? You can't talk? Come on, talk to me. Ready, one, two, go. Who? The Lord. The Lord. Who? The Lord. Now, who are we talking about here? Jehovah. We're talking about God Almighty. Right? El Shaddai. The creator of heaven and the earth. The one who propelled the universe forward. How did he do it? The Lord. Amen. By what? Wisdom has founded the earth. By understanding has he established the heavens. Next verse. And by his knowledge. My, 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 my. Look at it. The same three components that he tells you to build your house, build your family, build your business are the exact same three tools that God engaged, amen, to propel the universe forward. God did not look at you, David, or Pastor Kent, and say, now, you want to build something? Go figure it out all by yourself. No, he didn't say that. He said, man, if you're smart, you do what I did. I built the earth. I created the earth, the heavens and the earth, by engaging wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. If you're smart, you will use the same exact three components and build anything that you want to build in your life. Can you say amen? In fact, the Apostle Paul was so concerned about that, Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians and chapter 1. <clears throat> Ephesians and chapter 1. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, please. And look at the uh, prayers of the Apostle Paul. He's praying for the saints at Ephesus. And he could be praying for the saints in Louisville, Kentucky. And Lord knows the saints in Louisville, Kentucky needs it. <laughs> Amen. We all need it. All right. Glory to God. And, of course, the saints in Jacksonville needs it. Praise the Lord. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Let's read verse 15. Let's read verse 15. We're going to read verse 15 till verse, verse 20. All right. Ready, one, two, go. We're going, to pray, we're going to read together. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, that means they were saved, amen, and the love unto all the saints, that means they were walking in the love of God, correct? All right, I cease not. Now, he says, you're saved and you're loving people, but I'm praying for you. Now, if I'm praying for a car, why am I praying for a car? Because I don't have a car, Right? If I'm praying for a house, why am I praying for a house? Because I don't have a house. So he says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, so Paul has got some concern about these people of faith and who love the Lord. They are lacking in some things. Now, what do they lack? Well, let's look at it. Verse 17. Uh-oh. Let's read <laughs> Everybody now, look on the screen, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you what? Can hear ye? Can hear ye? You know why I can't hear you? Because my ears were blocked. <laughs> my ears were blocked. Yes, I had to go to the doctors today to drain it out. <laughs> All right. Glory to God. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you what? The spirit of wisdom. So that means that these people, they were saved, born again, names written in the Lamb's book of life on their way to heaven, but they did not operate in the spirit of wisdom. And then what else? And the revelation in the knowledge. So you've got wisdom, knowledge. What's missing? Understanding. So, oh, oh, look at verse 17. There it is. Glory to God. That the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Can you see now? Can you see how these three ingredients? If you, if you read your Bible, you will see that all over the Bible. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Come on, lift up your hands and say, wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Now, let's say it in reverse. Say, knowledge, understanding, 
and wisdom. Praise God. So he was concerned that them guys, as loving as they were, and as saved as they were. How many of you have ever met people who are truly born again, but my Lord, one fry short of a happy meal? Right? Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, so they're loving, they're saved, but they're not operating in wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so what does that mean? Now, let's look at John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verse 31, John chapter 3, and verse 31, we're told in the New Testament that there is two places where you get wisdom, wisdom from above and wisdom from beneath, all right? The wisdom from beneath is what? Earthly, and then what? Sensual, and devilish. That's the earthly wisdom. It is earthly. That's the wisdom of the earth. For what? Observing the earth. Studying the earth. Studying business principles. Studying life. So it's earthly wisdom. Then you've got sensual wisdom. Then you've got devilish wisdom. But God's wisdom trumps the wisdom of the world. Because it is wisdom from above. Now look what the Bible says here, verse 31. Verse 31. It says, he that cometh from above... Is above all things. So I want, you, I want you to write this down. When you operate in the wisdom of God, you operate above all things. When you operate in the wisdom of God, you are no longer subject to the things of the world. Okay? So if you want to operate above all things, you've got to operate from the wisdom from above. Can you say amen? Can you say Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let me show you that, that verse, because some of you are looking at me like, what? Where did you get that wisdom above? I believe it's in the book of James. Praise God. Hallelujah. <clears throat> James chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 15. In fact, let's read from verse 14, please. James chapter 3. Praise be to God. James chapter 3, <clears throat> verse 14 onwards. But if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. The, this wisdom descendeth from above, not from above, but is what? Earthly, sensual, and what? Devilish. Next verse, please. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. So there's a wisdom from above and a wisdom from beneath. Can you say amen? Okay, now. Let's define what is wisdom. Well, first of all, let's define what is knowledge, understanding, and wisdom before I define wisdom to you. Thank you, Lord. So write this down, ladies and gentlemen. So let's write this down. Because if you don't know what knowledge is and what understanding is and what wisdom is, how will you operate in it? Now, many times because we are Church people, which is great, but we have somewhat of a limited understanding of the word knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Okay, so write this down, please. Knowledge. What is knowledge? Somebody say, it's information. Well, it's more than that. It is more than just information. Once you write this down, knowledge is relevant, related information. Knowledge is relevant related information. So let me ask you a question today. If you came here, if somebody comes here and they are dying of cancer, 
And they've come for healing. And we are, we're in church, and we are teaching them that particular day on the subject of prosperity. Does that relate, or we're talking about business, does that relate to them with their situation? It doesn't. Now, that didn't say, that doesn't mean that you're not preaching the word. It's just not related or relevant to her situation. Now, let's say that person comes in, another person comes in, and he's got debt that he can't pay. He's got money problem. And we're talking about the mark of the beast, which is great. But is it related to his need? No. So when the Bible talks to you about knowledge, it's got to be relevant, related information. So say that with me, please. Knowledge. Come on, talk to me. Say knowledge is relevant, related information. And many times, the reason why, what does the Bible says? My people perish for a what? Lack of knowledge. So my people are perished, destroyed for a lack of relevant related information. All right. Understanding, therefore, is the grasping, is the understanding of the relevant related information. How many of you have ever been in the class? How many remember, how many of you remember when, when you went to school? When you went to school, right? How many did algebra? When the teacher said, hello, that was the last word I understood. <laughs> After that, it was all algebra to me. <laughs> Didn't understand a thing he said, right? How many of you have ever been in a place where the guy's speaking, it's, it's, it is in English, but it's not making any sense at all to you whatsoever. It may be happening right now. <laughs> some of you look at me like, what? You're looking like, some of you look like a cow looking at a new game. Huh? <laughs> so, I'm talking about, how many of you have ever heard the expression, the penny dropped? Oh, I got it now. I finally understood what it's trying to say. Understanding is... All right, let me ask you a question. Are you ready? Y'all ready? Yes. Recite the alphabets. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. Thank you. She's, apparently she doesn't know. Okay, she's looking at me. Are you ready? One, two, go. What? A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P. All right, stop right there. Thank you. <laughs> but you know that there is an order to it. It doesn't go from A to X and to B. No, A, B, C, D. So understanding is the proper arrangement of the knowledge. Understanding is the proper arrangement of the knowledge. All right. <laughs> I'm glad. I asked, so he's reciting his alphabet. Lord, how old is he now? Three years old. Amen. He's wise than his father. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. Glory to God. Okay. So, if knowledge is relevant related information, and understanding is the comprehension or the proper arrangement of the relevant related information, wisdom, ladies and gentlemen, is the application of the relevant related information that you have understood. It is the application of it. You know what to do. You know, oh, what is this? A nail. Oh, do I put this, do I put roses in the veil and put it on my suit for the wedding? No, dum-dum. You put in a piece of wood and you hammer it down. So when you finally understand what it is for, now you can apply it and get the result that you're looking for, the desired results. So knowledge, come on, say with me, repeat after me, say knowledge is what? Relevant, related information. Understanding is what? The comprehension, 
the grasping of the relevant related information, and then wisdom is what? The application of the relevant related information that you have finally understood, then you obtain the results. Can you say amen? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. How many of you remember there was a time you didn't know how to pray? Right? Didn't know how to pray. Well, how, how do I talk to God? I don't know. I just talk to God. I just talk. And then one day you went to church and they showed you, what you talk to the Father in the name of Jesus based upon the Word of God by the power of the Holy Ghost. Well, there you go. Look at that. I can do it now. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Thank you, God. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's define wisdom for the next 15 minutes and we're done. Let me give you the secular definition, which is a great definition, by the way. What is the definition of wisdom according to the dictionary? Write this down. According to the dictionary, wisdom is a deep realization of people, things, events, or situations resulting in your ability to apply perceptions, judgments, actions in keeping with this understanding. Now, that's a mouthful, isn't it? I'm going to make it simple for you in a minute. Just write down what what the dictionary, how they explain what wisdom is. The dictionary defines wisdom as a deep realization of people, things, events, situations, resulting in your ability to apply perceptions, judgments, and actions in keeping with this understanding. Let's break this all down and put it in today's vernacular. Wisdom is the ability to discern difference. Wisdom is the ability to discern. Wisdom is discernment, to discern difference. Now, how many of you have ever gotten yourself in trouble because when you met somebody, they shook your hands and you shook their hands, but something inside of you was gnawing in your spirit, saying, uh-uh, that's not, uh, there's something wrong with this dude. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something wrong with this guy. But you overrule that to your own detriment. Has it ever happened to you? It happened when I met him. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. No. Wisdom is your ability to discern. Wisdom is your ability to what? Discern. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now, I'm going to give you, let's see, I am going to give you maybe eight to ten, if time permits. I've given you the secular the, the dictionary's definition of what uh, wisdom is, but I'm going to give you today, right now, the scriptural definition of wisdom. Okay, write this down. And don't ever forget this. When we talk about the wisdom of God, we're talking about operating in the wisdom of God. And unfortunately, over 90% of Christendom don't operate in the, spirit of, in the spirit of wisdom. And that's why we go from problem to problems to problems to problems. That's why I said to you, you need to look at your neighbor one more time. Come on, one more time. And say, I'm very concerned about your lack of wisdom. I'm very concerned about your lack of wisdom. See, a lack of wisdom will make you f- take foolish decisions. A lack of wisdom will make you or cause you to make foolish decisions. 
All right, so write this down. Number one, what is the wisdom of God? What is wisdom? Number one, wisdom is the unfolding of God's agenda or God's plan of actions in regards to your life and to the present. Let's say it again. Wisdom is the unfolding of God's plan, God's agenda, God's plan of action in regards to your life and to the present. You need to know what to do. See, most of us, I heard that many years ago, so good I can't improve on it, so I'm going to just tell you the way it is. Most people go to God and say, God, here's my plans. Bless my plans. Wisdom will tell you, go to God and say, God, what's the plan? Then the plan is already blessed. Because God is not, all, is not obligated to bless your plan, but if you know his plans, his plans are already blessed. Can you say amen? So wisdom, therefore, is the discovery of God's agenda for your life, God's plan for your life. Now, there are two ways that you'll discover God's plan. I want you to write this down. There are two ways you'll discover God's plan for your life. Number one, now look at me please. The plan of God for your life, the generic plan of God from your life comes from this book. This is the B-I-B-L-E. Can you say Amen. So, how do I know if it's God's will for me to, to be saved? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, are you a whosoever? Well, you better believe I'm a whosoever. Amen. How do I know it's God's will for me to be healed? Well, his word says, by his stripes, ye, who's ye? Ye means me. Amen. When I read Galatians chapter 3, and verse 13, many years ago, I came to the conclusion. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. I knew that right there and then, my name is us. Now you can do what, you can be whatever you want to be, but I am Glenn us a Arachion. Can you say amen? So when the Bible says he has redeemed us, I'm the us. How about you? Are you us? Can you say amen? So, you know the generic plans of God from the voice of the word. This is why when you go to a church, you don't go to a church because it's close to your house. Or you go to a church because of the lights or because of the music. I couldn't care less about all that. You know, the things that people today look for in church. Well, I go to that church because they got Starbucks coffee. If you want Starbucks coffee, all you're going to do is go do Starbucks. Dumb, dumb. We have turned the church into everything except a word place. Come on now, somebody say amen. When you come here, you're going to get the word and nothing but the word. So help me God. Can you say amen? So you'll discover God's plan for your life, the generic plan of God from this book. Glory to God. And you won't say, well, you never know what God's going to do. You know what that shows? Ignorance. Just look it up in the word. Can you say amen? God has told you what he has done. God is telling you what he is doing and what he will do in the future. God is the most predictable person you'll ever meet in your life. In fact, he's so predictable, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Can you shout amen, somebody? Now, so you know the generic plan of God from his word. But you discover the specific plan of God by knowing the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the word gives you the generic plan, but the voice of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom, gives you the specific plan of God. God for your life. How do I know if I'm supposed to go to Hong Kong? I've read my Bible. I've never seen the word Hong Kong in the Bible. How would I know Hong Kong? How would I know if I'm supposed to go to Hong Kong? Hmm? <clears throat> How would I know if I'm supposed to go to Tennessee? 
Believe me, I've read the Bible. I've never seen the word Tennessee in the Bible. So how would I know? You've got to know the voice of the Holy Spirit. The word gives you the generic plan. The Holy Spirit gives you their specific plan. Are you listening? Okay. So the wisdom of God is the plan of God. Number two, write this down, please. Wisdom, ladies and gentlemen, is the seizing of God's ways. You finally come to the place when you are operating in the wisdom of God, the wisdom from above. Lord, I am operating from your way. For my ways are not your ways, God says, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Let the wicked man. Now, when you think of the word wicked, you're thinking about a heathen, but the word wicked, from the word wicker, wicker furniture, twisted. There are a lot of people who are in church, and they've got twisted thinking. And many people in the church got stinking thinking. Are you hearing me, saints? But we've got to take the word of the living God. Can you say Amen. So wisdom, therefore, is the seizing of God's ways for your life. All right, write this down, please. Number three, real quickly. What is the wisdom of God, ladies and gentlemen? Wisdom is functioning from the operating system of God's word to obtain Bible results. I say it again. Wisdom is what functioning from the operating system of God's word to up to obtain Bible results. Well, how many of you want to obtain Bible results? All right. Now, that's like you trying to operate on a Mac computer with your understanding of a Microsoft um, Windows operating system and wondering why you're not getting the results. Well, that's a Mac system and that is a, that is a Windows system. It's not, they don't work the same. So wisdom, therefore, ladies and gentlemen, is functioning from the operating system of God's word. Can you say God's word? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The just shall live by faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So if you are going to get Bible results, you have to operate from God's operating system, which is his word. Not your emotions. Come on now. Say amen. See, our oper- for many people, their operating system is their emotions. Have you, met, have you ever met people who go up and down, up and down? One day they're up and one day they're down. One day they're happy and the next day, the next five days they're depressed. Life is a constant topsy-turvy up and down. But if you're a believer who knows the word... Your life would be pretty much like this. Go up like this. See, you need to learn to write this down and don't forget this. You need to learn the secrets of the impassibility. I-M-P-A-S-S-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y. The impassibility nature of God. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that God doesn't have any feelings. God does. He can get angry. <laughs> don't get God angry. <laughs> He's very slow to anger, but when he, goes, when he gets angry, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Ask Israel. Right? Now, in fact, the Bible tells you that the great tribulation is called what? The wrath of the Lamb. But God knows how to harness his emotions. He feels it. Don't you think God gets upset about what he sees going on around in our nation right now? The mockery that we're making of his name. The affront, right? The ribald rebellion that we are expressing as Americans before him. But it's got the impassibility nature of God. Not impossibility, but impact. Impact, I-M-P-A. He can harness his emotion. All right, now, write this down, please. Number four, is it number four now, right? Number four, write this down. Wisdom is 
the supernatural ability of God to bring solutions to what looks like unsolvable problems. Wisdom is the supernatural ability of God. Bringing solutions to your unsolvable problem. Can you say amen? Because of time, I'll give you two more and then we're done. Are you ready? Ah, this is one of my favorite ones. Wisdom is heavenly strategies to earthly problems. Wisdom is what? Heavenly strategies to earthly problems. You know right now whatever is troubling you is not troubling God. Why? Because he knows what to do about your problem. Well, why are you worried? Because you don't know what he knows. If you knew what he knew, you'd be just like him. Cool. Under pressure. Amen. So wisdom is heavenly strategies to earthly problems. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let me give you one more. And we're done for today. Wisdom. I'll give you two more. You can go one minute. Wisdom is tapping into the mind of God for secrets to produce the God kind of results. Wisdom is tapping into the mind of God for secrets to produce the God kind of results. And wisdom, number seven, is insights and foresights to deal with life's complicated issues. Wisdom is insights and foresight to deal with life's complicated issues. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Faith Lift Radio podcast. For more information about Dr. Glenn and how to offer your financial support, log on to glenarecchia.org. 